How you guys doing? Swell. Yes. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful. Um, I, I was telling. I was talking to. Um, uh, I was talking to some people this morning and, and just mentioned how I was doing swell. And I've said it a few times this morning. And I said that sometimes it's a proclamation of faith. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it is my reality, you know, but, um, but it's great either way. So I'm glad that you guys are doing swell. I am as well, swell. Um, so <laughs> it's good. We're all good together. Uh, I, uh, this week I was praying over the message and I was reminded of a few men in my life who took the time to speak into my life and who cared enough and loved me enough to say something and to hear from the Lord. And they mentored, they edified and strengthened me in my life. They, they took time to encourage me and champion me in my life. And they were present in moments of grief and hardship. And how many of you guys know someone in your life that kind of fits that description, someone who they were either present during hard time, mentor, champion, right? We all have those people, and those people leave a mark, don't they? They, they, they make an impact in our lives. And if it wasn't for these men speaking into my life, uh, I don't know where I'd be today. They literally helped change the course of my life. God used them as an instrument of righteousness to do his work in me. Isn't that amazing? That God uses us, people, to do his glorious, redemptive, restorative, reconciling work of transformation in our lives. And these men took time to listen for the word of the Lord. They took time to hear what God was saying and then had the courage to speak what the Lord was saying into my life. And this is something that we have an invitation to take part in. And that is hearing God is not just about us. It's not just for us. It's not just hearing God in relationships, not just hearing God so we can discern what God has called us to do, but God is also speaking to us for others, that he has called us to hear him for someone else. And in so doing, transformation can come to people's lives through the conduit of us just being humble and obedient to what the Holy Spirit is doing in any moment. And so we talked about before how a single word from the Lord, right, spoken from the lips of God, one word spoken by God's mouth can transform our lives, right? A, a, like literally a single word. If it's spoken at just the right time in the right season from God's mouth can transform our life. Like be at peace or rest or whatever it is, it can transform us. In the same way, one word spoken from the mouth of God through his people can have that same kind of impact. Amen? So today we're going to talk about that. The title of my message is A Word in Season. Isaiah 
mentioned that the Lord wakens me morning by morning. He opens my ear to hear as the learned. And I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. And I spoke a word in season to him who is weary. And that's what Isaiah did. And that's what God is inviting us into. We've continued in this series, Ears to Hear, for a while now. We've been in a few weeks. And today is the last message to close out this series. Uh, And there's still many things to say about hearing God and discernment and everything else, of course. Um, But this will be the bookend to this series today. And we've covered a lot of ground, haven't we? We've talked about everything. We've talked about how God continues to speak. We've talked about creating space from turning down the noise in our lives, solitude, silence, tuning in to the voice of God, how to, how to recognize God's voice in Scripture, how to recognize God's voice internally within our hearts. We talked about keeping that door open in relationship to him, that we don't have to open and close our relationship with God. We can keep the door open. We can start a conversation in the morning with Jesus, carry it on throughout the day, go to sleep and pick it up the next day because God's always present. He's always with us. And so we can continue to relate to him and converse with him because he is a living God, right? So something I just wanted to bring attention to that you may have noticed today too that's different is did you guys notice some, uh, some paintings up here on the wall? Huh? Aren't those awesome? So these were done by our worship art team. Uh, and it's been a project they've been working on for a few months, and they look beautiful. They're amazing. And these are our values. These are our church's values. So you wonder what those words are. It's the values of our church. Freedom, community, missions, worship, truth, care, uh, growth, <laughs> authenticity, and witness. And so these are our values, and these are good for us to be able to see and remind ourselves of what God is calling us into. And this entire sermon series has been about truth because God's voice only speaks truth, right? And it's the value of listening for the voice of the Spirit of God and listening to the voice of God's Spirit in His Word. And so every time we do a sermon series or or a message, it's going to tie into the vision that God's given us as a church and as followers of Christ. And so these values are little things that we might bring attention to as we continue to do these series. But pretty awesome, right? Can we give a round of applause to our worship art team? Beautiful. Great work. And, uh, and next week, we're actually going to have uh, Brenda come up and share a little bit about kind of the whole process and how they did it. It was really cool. So she's out of town this week, but uh, it's going to be awesome. But um, we've, we've been talking about hearing God and recognizing his voice, the truth in scripture, in our hearts, opening that door, uh, staying in relationship to a living God. He's alive. And if God's alive and we're going to have a living relationship with a living person, then we need to have conversations with that person, especially if they're always present with us and they never leave us and never forsake us, then we should bring our attention to them, right? Turn our eyes and our ears towards them. And then we turn the corner towards discernment. And how do we know what God is saying of us and asking of us in any given moment? Uh, quieting all those voices that can cloud our ability to hear God, the, the false voices in our hearts, and filtering those things out. And then last week, we talked about this, the timing of the Lord, right? And when, when 
are we supposed to do something? If God calls us to do like Joseph or David, where God calls us to do things and then he says to wait. So when? When do we act? And there's times where God says, I want you to act right now. I want you to speak right now. And a lot of times, what we're talking about today, when we're hearing God for someone else, it's those types of moments where there's an opportunity in relationship, like we talked about last week, whether it's a conversation or around someone, and God speaks to us for them. And then we have a choice. We can either act in obedience or not. But there's an opportunity. Now, sometimes we get multiple opportunities to continue and, and to speak a word into someone's life that maybe the Lord gives us. But other times, there's, there's that moment. Now, God can always find someone else to speak into someone's life, but there's, those, there's that timing element. So, we've been talking about intimacy with the Lord, discernment, and today is all about others. It's missionality, right? Hearing God's voice is for intimacy, but it's also for invitation. It's for people to know Christ. And, uh, and there's a lot of cool things that can happen with that. So it's not just about what and when God asks something of us, but hearing God in order to be his instrument to speak into the life of someone who maybe they're just not listening right now. You know, maybe they're just not listening to the Lord right now. That's okay. We have moments. We all have had seasons, right, where we weren't listening for the voice of God, right? Maybe we're busy or things are going crazy. Or maybe it's speaking a word to someone who they're just drowning in grief or hardship. And so they just, they can't, they can't break through and, and hear the Lord in that moment because all they can see is just what's around them and the hardship of their life in that moment. And so they need someone else, a brother and sister in Christ that can reach down and speak a word in season to someone who is weary. Or maybe they're in a place where they just don't know how to hear from God yet. They, maybe they, they're new to their faith in Christ or they've never even experienced that idea and they, they don't know how to hear the Lord's voice. Or maybe they don't know God at all. And that word spoken at the right time might introduce them to a loving God who died on the cross and gave his life for them. Amen? So Jesus did this in his ministry. He heard from the Lord and then he spoke what he heard God saying all the time. John 5, 19 through 20 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And then in John 12, 49 and 50, for I did not speak on my own, but the father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the father has told me to say. So Jesus spoke what he heard the father saying. He did what he saw the father doing. That sounds like an open relationship, open door relationship, right? That he kept his, his ears open and his eyes open. What, God, what are you doing and what are you saying constantly? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you saying? And so that open door relationship led to the ministry of Jesus. That's how he ministered to people. He spoke what God said. He did what he saw God doing. And then you see this happen also with the disciples. Jesus encouraged the disciples 
In Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 says, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So in the moment, the Spirit of God is going to give you the words. He's going to tell you what you need to say. So Jesus, not only did he live this way and minister this way, he also taught his disciples to live this way and to be led by the Spirit of God and hear what God's speaking and then say what he is saying. And then you see this in the early church. All throughout the book of Acts, the early church ministered this way as well. And they referred to speaking what God is saying or saying what he is saying for others as prophecy, the gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Doesn't that sound good? Wouldn't you like some strengthening, encouraging, and comfort in your life? Right? I do. I want it, you know? I need it. And it's good because I have a wife that's very prophetic. So she always like speaks into my life. I'm, I go to bed and I'm all like woeful or something at the end of a day. And then she just starts strengthening, encouraging, and comforting me with words from the Lord that are awesome. And I'm like, thank you, God, for my wife. She's amazing. So strengthening, encouraging, and comforting people that, that, that's the most impactful thing that we can do with people, right? Those people that we talked about, those people that had that impact in my life, the people that you remember, they were strengthening, encouraging, and comforting you in your life in some way, shape, or form. That's in, that, that leaves a mark. That can bring transformation. And yet, that's how it describes this idea of prophecy or saying what God is saying for someone. The Bible refers to these words as prophecy, not the prophecy that you may be thinking of uh, in the Old Testament, like the predictive messages of future events, uh, but the gift of prophecy. So uh, there is the office of the prophet, uh, like Ephesians 4 says that Christ has appointed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Right, But the work of the ministry, the saints that are to be equipped by those different offices, um, they're to do the work of the ministry, which is the edifying of the body of Christ or building people up, which prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. So we are called to help edify one another. God has called us to do that. So we're not talking about the office of the prophet. We're talking about the gift, the gift of prophecy which is just ultimately an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's just, it's just the Spirit of God pouring out in our lives. It's an overflow of the presence of God's Spirit within us. God's Spirit is in us. He's speaking all the time. And so prophecy is just an, a little bit of an overflow of that. It's hearing something that God is saying and then saying it. Like that's, that's what prophecy is. It's an overflow of God's Spirit in our life, the gift of prophecy in the simplest terms is saying what God is saying right now. So God's saying something, we hear it, and then we say it. That's, in the simplest terms, that's a gift of prophecy. Listening for what God is saying about someone or to someone, and then simply repeating that to that person. 
So very, very simple. And I think we overcomplicate things all the time in the church. We, we over-spiritualize things. But there's something that defined the early church. And I say this all the time because I think it's so important for us to realize in Acts chapter 2, one of the primary definitions of the early church was that they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Simplicity. And that word simplicity means single-mindedness. It's just, it's simple. Just one thing. I'm just thinking about Jesus. He's it. He's the thing. And when our hearts are open to him like that all the time, then all these other little outpourings come, you know, like a word for someone because our heart is open to God or a word for ourselves because our heart is open to God or comfort from the Holy Spirit because our heart is open to God. Do you see what I'm saying? Because our heart is open to him in simplicity, all of these other outpourings and, and, and beauty of God's glory and his power flow into our lives because our lives are open to him. Does, does that make sense? So, where am I at? What, what am I talking about? <laughs> All right. So, prophecy. Prophecy was a major part of the New Testament church. We see it all over the book of Acts. We see people who are referred to as prophets, strengthening and encouraging. Acts 15.32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. There it is again, strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So that when they were prophesying, they're saying stuff to encourage and strengthen the believers. The early Christians prophesied regularly when they met together. We see that in 1 Corinthians. Uh, converts, new converts to Christ prophesied at the laying on of hands. Acts 19, verse 5 and 6 says, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So these guys just accepted Christ, were baptized, and then they started prophesying. They started saying, speaking, strengthening, encouraging, comforting words from the Lord. Prophecy is listed frequently as one of the gifts of Christ that he bestows on the Christian community. Romans 12, 6, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, 28 and 29. I know I'm saying a bunch of verses. You can go back and listen. We're not going to put them all on the screen. Um, Christians are encouraged to value prophecy. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it talks about that. We'll read that later. And to seek it more earnestly than the other gifts. We just read that, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So we understand that prophecy in its simplest terms is saying what God is saying right now, simplest terms, and that it was a huge part of the New Testament church. It was a huge part of Jesus' ministry, right? And we're following his example. So then the question is, how do we do it? How, how, do, we, how do we hear from God for others? a.k.a. prophecy. So hearing God for others. Number one, listen. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> listen, like I said, simplicity of Jesus. It's the same way we hear a message from God for us. It's the same way. In the same way God speaks to you about something or encourages you or gives you a scripture that transforms your life or says the word in season because you're weary and it just lifts you up in the same way that you hear a word from God for yourself, we can hear a word from God for someone else. It's as simple as that. Uh, so we follow the same pattern that we talked about before. First, we take time to hear. Take time, meaning we create space in our life to listen for the voice of God for someone, right? Ask, ask God. God, man, 
this person's really struggling. Lord, could you give me a word for them? Man, I would love to, I would love to encourage them in some way. Is there something that I can say to them that you would have me say? And I know God loves that. He loves when we seek him on the behalf of someone else. Man, he loves that. That's his character. That's his very nature in us, loving someone. And so we ask God, God, do you have something for this person? We take time to listen. We create space, solitude, silence, open up our ears, block out the noise like we talked about before. All the things that we talked about in hearing God earlier in this series, it's kind of following that same pattern. And then we open the scripture, open up the word of God. And there's so many times that, that when I hear something for someone, it's a verse. It's, it's a verse in scripture. God highlights something. He's like, you need to share that with this person. And so open up the Bible. What, what is God highlighting to you for someone else? Not just for yourself. And the, you might ask God sometimes when you hear something from him, you're like, man, that was really good. And you start writing it down. Wait, God, is this for someone else too, maybe? And he'd be like, uh, yeah, actually it was mainly for them. <laughs> well, who's that? But we open up the scripture, and then this is simply grab yourself a journal, something, computer, you can type, iPad, phone, whatever notes. Write down what you see, hear, or feel. Right? Just write it down, okay? And what you see, hear, or feel. This is step one, remember. We're going to get to some other steps. But listen, take time, create space, listen, open up the word of God, and then write down what you see, hear, or feel. Sometimes it might be a feeling, just like God leads us with a feeling of peace or something, and it might be for someone else. Or it might be a, a picture, that like God gives you a picture of something, and you're like, wow, that's interesting. And that might be something for someone, uh, an illustration in a sense. That's what pictures are for, illustrations. Um, to help bring a point home. And so just write down whatever it is, okay? And just, just like Jesus, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So he saw pictures, clearly, of things. He saw things. But he also only said what he heard the Father saying. So you write it all down, okay? So we got that. We took some time. We write some things down that we feel like God is saying or hearing. It's a verse. It's a, a, a simple word. And remember, it doesn't matter how simple it is. Sometimes the most powerful words are like two, it's a phrase of two words or three. But it can be transformative to someone's life. So just, it doesn't have to be complex. I think that's another over-spiritualization. It doesn't have to be complex. It can be very simple. But still be very powerful if it's spoken from the mouth of God, right? So just write it down. Okay, that's number one. Number two, test test the most one of the most important things before we just start simply sharing whatever random thing God puts on our heart is to test that word <clears throat> test the message first Thessalonians 5 19 through 21 do not quench the spirit don't hold back what the Holy Spirit wants to do do not treat prophecies with contempt but test them all hold on to what is good test them Make sure that it's good because, I mean, we're, we're fallible. We could see some weird picture or something and then go tell somebody and it's like, they're like, what are you talking about, bro? You know, so we need to test what we're hearing, seeing, feeling. 
And so in the same way we test what God is speaking to us in our hearts, we can test what God's speaking to us for someone else. So when we're hearing God for someone, we need to ask ourselves these questions. We write down the stuff, the word, the feeling, whatever it is. And then the first question we need to ask ourselves is, does it align with Scripture? Does it line up with what the Word of God teaches and what the Word of God says? That's question number one. If it doesn't align, if it doesn't align with Scripture, then just throw that out, okay? If you're in your journal, you can just cross out all that stuff. Okay, it wasn't the Lord. <laughs> That's okay. Remember, we're learning, right? We didn't share it. We're just... We, Wrote something down, and we're like, oh, that, no, that's actually not right. Okay, never mind. So we ask God, does it align with Scripture, with what Scripture teaches? Okay, that's number one. Okay, let's say now we've done it. We've we heard something from the Lord. It aligns with Scripture. We're like, oh, this is exciting. This, this lines up with the Word of God. Okay. Second question, is it strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? One of those, doesn't have to be all three necessarily, but one of those three. Does it strengthen, encourage, or comfort? Okay. Now, sometimes strengthening can be speaking the truth in love, right? But our job is not to correct. That's the Holy Spirit. He's going to convict. He's going to convict people of sin. We don't have to take his place to do that. So let's strengthen, encourage, and comfort, all right? Does it do that? Does that word that we heard, does it align with Scripture? Yes, it does. Okay, is it strengthening, encouraging, or comforting? Yes, this would be encouraging, or this would be whatever. Great, awesome. Okay, so that's question number two. So now we have something from the Lord, and we feel like it's from the Lord. It lines up with Scripture. It's going to be strengthening, encouraging, or comforting. That's excellent. Okay, last question. Could it be received as shaming or condemning? Could it be received as shaming or condemning. Like, because the word might, the intention might be to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And it might align with scripture, but can it be received in a way that's going to shame someone or condemn them? Because you got to be careful. That's the enemy's job. He's the accuser of the brethren. So we don't want to do his job for him, right? So does it shame? Does it condemn? Can it be received that way? Now, maybe it's an encouraging word, and it aligns with scripture, and it could be received in a way that might be shaming. So then it's not that you don't share it, it's that you gotta be careful how you share it. You see what I'm saying? How, being intentional of how am I saying what I am saying, okay? So, that's step two. We test, test the word. Is it aligned with scripture? Is it strengthening, encouraging, comforting? It's not condemning, it's not gonna be shaming. Now what's cool about this is that if you speak this word to someone then, and it maybe it wasn't perfect or wasn't from the Lord, then it's not bad. It's encouraging. And it's an encouraging word that aligns with Scripture. That's a good thing, right? It might not be this amazing revelation, but it's still good. So that's great. So then number three is we speak. We listen, we test, and then we speak. If you have a message and it passes all those tests, in it, then it's time to have courage, step out in faith, and share the word with the person that it's for. Anytime we are speaking into someone's life, we must be mindful to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. 
Anytime we're going to speak into someone's life, even if it's not like a word from the Lord, we're just going to, you know, speak something to somebody, you know, or a word of correction or whatever to a good friend or whatever it is. Always am I operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you use that as your plumb line for how you speak into someone's life, then you're probably going to say things the right way. Does that make sense? So we use the fruit of the Spirit as our plumb line. We follow the way of Jesus. If we are speaking on behalf of Jesus, as a representative of Jesus, then we must speak like a shepherd. We must speak like he would speak. What's his way? That's what we want to follow. So it's not just about saying the right thing. Remember, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it, all right? And so when we're giving a word for someone from the Lord, how are we presenting that? How are we saying it? Are we saying it with the fruit of the Spirit in mind? Are we saying it like Jesus? Or are we saying it like a shepherd? Like Jesus would say it. Look at, look at this story in John 4. This is a story of Jesus speaking into the woman's life Woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you guys know the story. Look at the way Jesus speaks to this woman. John 4, 7 says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink... You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? So you see a little bit, there's a little attitude there, maybe. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And doesn't that sound encouraging, comforting, inspiring? The woman said to him, sir, <laughs> she was inspired, give me this water so that I don't, won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Oh, the woman said, no. <laughs> Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. <laughs> now, I'm gonna stop there. Look at the way Jesus speaks into her life. He starts with this encouraging word of, hey, people who come here, she was, she was being a little, little sassy with him, and his response was gentle. I'm going to provide a water where you'll never be thirsty again. It springs up to life. She's like, oh, I want this water. 
And then Jesus, when he speaks the truth, the fact that she's had five husbands and the man she's with is no longer, is not her husband, that could be a little unsettling for someone. But do you see how he says it? It's so gentle. Go call your husband and come back. She's like, I have no husband. And then he, and when he says what he says, he said, what you've just said is quite true. There's gentleness in his voice. He's shepherding her heart, drawing her in. And then, of course, he speaks the truth to her. He goes on to speak of worshiping in spirit and truth. And then the woman starts noticing this guy is different. I know that one day the Messiah will come, and when he does, he'll tell us all things. And Jesus is like, I am he. Woo! Man, that gives me goosebumps. Jesus reveals himself. He was keeping himself quiet this whole time, but to this woman, he reveals who he is. And then what happens? Not only does she come to faith in him, she goes and tells everybody. Jesus stays there, and a whole town comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So shepherd's speech. How does a shepherd speak? Gentle and kind. One of the most undervalued fruits of the Spirit is gentleness. Not abrasive. Gentle like a shepherd, just guiding a sheep. Kind, soft, you could say. Empathetic. Showing empathy, feeling what the person is feeling, putting ourselves in their shoes. How are they feeling in this moment? If they're especially, if they're grieving or they're experiencing hardship and you're going to speak a word into their life, man, make sure that you're practicing empathy. What are they feeling? And then come alongside them as you speak strengthening, encouraging, and comfort in that moment with empathy. And then number three here you see is humility. The God of the universe, he humbled himself, right? There was a humility to the way Jesus spoke. And we have to be the same. We can't assume that our voice is the voice of heaven, right? Because we're imperfect. We'll miss the mark from time to time for sure. But taking on the posture of a servant and offering what you believe to be of the Lord for them. Offering it. Just coming alongside and saying, hey, I, I know this may be strange or whatever, but I just kind of felt like that God kind of gave me a word for you. Would you mind if I share that with you? It's just, it's taking that posture of a servant, of humble, like, hey, I'm not perfect. I, I feel like God's saying this, and, and here it is, you know. It's just a gift. I'm just offering this word to you. It's so important to remember what Paul wrote. We are looking through a mirror dimly in this life. We don't, one day we will see him perfectly. God, we'll know everything about him. It'll be beautiful face to face. One day we get to see him face to face. But right now we're looking through a mirror dimly. We're kind of seeing shapes and figures of who God is and we're learning about him. In the same way when it comes to speaking a word into someone's life, we're looking through a mirror dimly. We're imperfect, we can miss the mark, but that doesn't mean that we throw out the baby with the bathwater. 
just because we are imperfect and just because it might not be just right doesn't mean they're like, ah, well, I'm not going to do it then. I'm not, I'm not going to prophesy. I'm not going to speak into someone's life. I'm not going to do that because I could be wrong. Because it could be, we don't throw the whole thing out. Just because we're imperfect, that's why we have a way of humility and empathy in when we're sharing with someone. And it's strengthening, it's encouraging, comforting. Like I said, the worst thing that can happen is that someone received an encouraging word. Like, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's a good thing, right? We don't have to be afraid because there's something supernatural and powerful and transformative in participating with the work of the Holy Spirit in his kids' lives. We get to partner with God in a beautiful thing. Remember, he said it, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Don't quench the spirit, but test them. Hold on to what is good. Remember, one word can change someone's life. Um, I remember the first time that I stepped out in faith in this. Was, it was funny. I was, I was an assistant youth pastor. Actually, no, I was a youth ministry assistant. I was the assistant to the assistant youth pastor. So they had to, like, really get creative with my title. Um, <laughs> he was, like, the, the lowest person on the totem pole in youth ministry. Um, but I was part-time at the church, and, and I was up at the church, and I was walking through a hallway, and I saw this lady walking past me, and I, I knew her. She was a leader in the church in some way, um, but I didn't really know her well. I knew her name, you know, um, and I saw her, and I'm like, hi, and she's like, hi, and I walk past her, and God says, tell her I see her, and I'm like, no. I'm not doing that. That's weird. You know, I just kept walking. And God's like, tell her. I see her. And I'm like, oh, uh, hey, 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 uh, lady. She comes over. And uh, she's like, yeah. It's like, uh, that was so clunky. It was, it was so clunky. I was like, um, uh, <clears throat> So um, I just felt like I was kind of just feeling that God said to, told me to tell you, um, I see, well, he, he sees you. She just started bawling. It makes me emotional. But, and I didn't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, uh, they're there. Um, by the way, I was 19 years old. And she just said, thank you, Neil. Thanks for sharing that. After she was able to compose herself, I was like, uh, you're welcome. Have a good day, <laughs> you know. And I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I didn't, she didn't share her story. She didn't say what was going on, nothing like that. But clearly, in that moment, it was something from the Lord. And I said it all, it was weird. It was, it was the most awkward thing ever. But God still uses that. So the fruit that comes when we step out in faith, a few things that are just to encourage you. Strengthening, encouraging, comforting. Someone can be strengthened, encouraged, comforted, 
when we step out, the fruit of prophecy, confirmation, where maybe God was telling someone something and then you shared something that confirmed something that God had already said. That's powerful. That can come through prophecy. Increased faith, right? My goodness, doesn't that increase your faith if you were to share something with someone and it was like something they really needed to hear? Man, that increases my faith. Like, whoa, wow, God speaks. I mean, I, I believed you. I believed you did, but I just, that was helpful to see that happen, you know. God speaks. Increased faith and increased faith for the person who is receiving a word. Affirmation of identity and value. Can you imagine how it feels when God singles you out to say something to you through another person? Man, that, talk about feeling seen. Man, that's powerful. And then maybe the greatest fruit of all is an introduction to a God who loves someone perfectly who might not know him yet. That's amazing. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard. So many of people who are at the end of their rope and they gave God an ultimatum, said, God, if you are real, X, Y, Z, if you are real, have someone do this. Have someone say this. Tell me, show me that you're like, whatever it is, some kind of ultimatum. And then sure enough, some random believer is close to the parking lot where that person is, and God grabs a hold of their heart and says, hey, go tell that person that I love them. And like, no. And that's what we all do first. Our first reaction is like, no, that's weird. But, and then he keeps it on, and then we're like, okay, fine. And then someone comes to know Christ for the very first time in their life because we said two words that God put in our heart to say. Isn't that amazing? So I want to close with this. Let's practice. So, and you're like, what? No, this is what I mean. I'm not going to have you go and share words with people right now, okay? Let me, let me clarify. Let's practice step one. Okay, just step one. Listen. Okay? We're just going to practice that together. So we're going to have some beautiful worship music played by uh, Mr. Mike Humphrey and the band up here. And we're going to take some time to listen to listen to what the Lord is saying. Quiet our hearts, open up our ears, and this is what I'm encouraging you to do. We're creating space right now. Open up your Bible. If you have your Bible with you, keep your Bible open. Pull your, your version app out or something, you know. Have your Bible there. Have your Bible open. Eyes open, ears open, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears open to God, okay? And then I want you to ask God for a word for someone. Ask God for a word for somebody. Now, it can be anybody. If you're like, this is really uncomfortable for me, I don't want to, then ask God for a word for your spouse. They'll forgive you. <laughs> I hope so. So just ask God for a word for somebody. And maybe that's your spouse. 
Maybe it's a family member, a close friend, someone here at the church that you've seen that's going through a hard time. And you're like, man, Lord, that'd be great if you could just give me a little word of encouragement for that person. Just ask God to give you a word for someone. And we're going to listen. And then whatever you hear or feel or see, or if there's a scripture reference that God brings to your mind, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 or something, whatever it is, just write it down. Put it in your phone. Put it on a notepad, whatever you got. We're just going to hear. We're going to write it down. And then this week, when you go home and you have time, test it like we talked about. Test it. Does it align with scripture? Is it strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? Is it going to be received shamefully or condemning? Okay, so test it. And then the big step is share. Sometime this week, maybe it's next Sunday if it's someone here. But let's hear, test it, and then just share. And like I said, it could be with your spouse. No, no, no need to be worried or fearful or anxious about that. Let's just see what God does. And listen, you might not hear anything. That's okay. It happens. It happens a lot. It's okay. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Don't let the enemy condemn you. He's going to, you know, oh, I can't believe you didn't. Blah, blah. Don't listen to that. But let's just open up our hearts. So would you just bow your heads, close your eyes? And they're just going to play some, some worship music, and we're just going to take a, a few minutes, and we're going to listen. Lord Jesus, open up our ears to hear what you're saying. Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us for your children.
Loving us so much that you'll single us out even and speak directly to our hearts. Thank you, God, for the truth that you do see us. open to you and our eyes open to you. May we see and hear everything that you're doing and follow your example. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll just encourage you this week. 
just encourage you. And then if you didn't hear anything, that's, that's okay. Like I said, it's fine. Uh, maybe try again. Try again tomorrow or later on today or something. Oh, you guys can keep playing if you want. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, try again. You know, pray. Seek the Lord. And then if you heard something and you feel like it's from God, but you're like, oh, this is so scary, ask God for courage. It's amazing. God will give us courage. He, the, the, the apostles asked for boldness. The apostles. Jesus is 12. They asked that God would give them boldness. Now, of course, their lives were at stake, but still, we can ask for courage and God will give it to us too. So I'm, I'm there. I know. There's been, there's been plenty of times where I felt like the Lord told me to say something and I did not plenty there's been a few times where I did and I was glad that I did so love you guys I appreciate you guys and you're amazing and I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us this week amen alright love you have a great week see you next Sunday